Welcome back after a short break to your favorite sports podcast. I'm your amazing host, Colin Struckman, returning with a brand new episode of Strucky Sports Talk. The plan going forward is that I'll try to release one episode a week, and that will be with like the NHL and the Bruins and the NBA with the Celtics. Both of them are in season and doing phenomenal so far. And you or I in PC men's hoops and obviously the NFL and college football So I will try to cover all of that. I will try to stick to that as much as possible, but that will be the plan for the next few weeks. I'm sad I can't put out as many episodes anymore because of school and hockey, but I will attempt to make as many as possible that you guys can really enjoy, and I'll try to get some more guests on the show. Local Boston sports will be covered, but this program will encompass everything in the sports world, some Portsmouth High School sports, maybe some secondary sports that aren't as popular, and I'm going to try and get some college hockey in there for you guys as well. I've got an outstanding show for you today. We're going to look at the Bruins and the Celtics start to the season, NFL Week 10, and an Ocean State update. URI and PC won their opening game start the season, and I'll definitely talk about that as well. So enjoy an excellent episode of Strucky Sports Talk. Let's get started. <laughs> Now it's time for a Shamrock Shakedown, a brand new Boston Celtics segment where I'm going to talk about the Celtics' recent games, some stats, and a little insight on how the Seas are faring this season. The Celtics are 6-1 and one to start the NBA season and have utterly dominated their first few games. The Seas demolished the Hornets on Friday night with a 108-87 win in Charlotte as Kemba Walker returned to play his former team For the first time. So, some key stats from that win over the Hornets. Kemba, in his return, had 14 points. Jalen Brown chipped in with 12. Gordon Hayward had 20 points. And Jason Tatum stole the show with 23. The Celtics have been able to move the ball efficiently, and we've gotten to see the young stars of the future shine like Carson Edwards, Grant Williams, and Taco Fall. This season looks promising for the Celtics as Kemba Walker approaches his first season with the team. Ennis Cantor joins the squad. Gordon Hayward looks to prove his doubters wrong. And the young duo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will look to wreak havoc on the league. I'm extremely excited for the Celtics this season, and they've already been so exciting to watch. They've won some really big games, the Raptors and the Bucks at home. And Jason Tatum, I think, has been the really big story this season so far. You know, he had that game-winning shot against the Knicks and that huge shot against the Bucks. The crowd was hyped up, and then he dapped up Paul Pierce, and that building was electric when they defeated the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm just so excited for the Celtics this season, and I'll have plenty of NBA coverage in the future on Strucky Sports Talk. Now let's transition to the other team in Boston, the Bruins, who are wrecking havoc on the NHL. They are 11-2-2 to start the new season. They've got 24 points, which leads the Atlantic Division. They're second in the Eastern Conference, only behind the Washington Capitals, and they're third in the league behind the Blues and the Caps. They recently had a six-game winning streak that was snapped after losing to the Montreal Canadiens, but there was some controversy in that game. I'll get to that in a minute. 
But the big story with the Bruins is the perfection line. Probably the best line in all of hockey. The only line that I think really comes close is the Colorado Avalanche's first line with Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, and Nathan McKinnon. But let me just read these stats for you from the Bruins' top line. David Pasternak has 30 points. Brad Marchand, 28 points. Patrice Bergeron, 16 points. That all adds up to... I'll do some math for you guys. 74 freaking points. Are you kidding me? 74 points and we're only into what? Like 15, 16 games into the season? 74 points? I, I'm I'm astonished by that. This this historic start has the Bruins honestly in the driver's seat to make a run this season. I think all these guys were devastated after losing game seven to the Blues last year at home all that far, and then just to lose Game 7, I think this group just has that determination, that grit factor, and it's not going to be easy. This year, there's a lot of parity in the NHL. We've seen the Buffalo Sabres make a comeback. They're looking pretty legit. They might fall off. We don't know yet. The Maple Leafs are always a scary team. The Florida Panthers have rebuilt themselves. You know, the Caps are a great team. The Islanders recently were on a huge win streak. The Penguins went into Boston and forced a very close game. The Bruins had to like come back after letting a 3-0 lead go to Pittsburgh. So there's a lot of teams in the NHL that could really give the Bruins a shot. But as I mentioned before, I think this team just, just has that extra grit factor. And it's the first line. It's David Krejci, Dave, you know, Jake DeBrusque, Charlie Coyle, Charlie McAvoy, Tuka Rask. I think this team has everything. I could go on and on about how great this Boston Bruins team is. So I mentioned before about the controversy, and really, I never like to blame a loss on officiating, but the two Bruins losses in regulation have pretty much been due to controversy. They lost on the road to the Colorado Avalanche, and granted, they are a great team, but they had two disallowed goals. And then fast forward to Montreal the other night where they lost 5-4. They came back to tie the game at 3-3. Canadians took the lead. Bruins tied it. And then it looked like Charlie Coyle had scored, but it was offsides. And honestly, I did not think it was that offsides. It was a millisecond. And the NHL just needs to look at that. They need something, some sort of technology to determine if a play is offsides. I think this is worse than goaltender interference, although that is atrocious. But the NHL, you need to figure it out. You're in 2019. It seems like most of the other leagues have figured it out, although there's a lot of controversy. In the MLB, you know, the umpire, if it should be an electronic strike zone. The NFL seems to have figured out its pass interference after the Saints in the NFC title game. And then, um, honestly, tennis probably is the best because you have that technology to really determine if a ball is in or out. Um, I think the NHL just needs that for offsides. It's costing teams games. And honestly, it sounds a little weird because it's been two games that the Bruins have lost in regulation, and they've won 11. So they've got 24 points. So it it's hard, but like at the same time, that could make the difference because the league is so competitive. So I really think the NHL just needs to figure it out. The Bruins have gotten a little bit screwed over, and it seems that sometimes it happens that way. Last year, Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final, they didn't call that trip against Nola Chari, so 
there has been in the past some infractions against the Bruins, but I really think that just as a whole, the NHL needs to figure it out. It's not just the Bruins that are getting these calls against them. So it does make me a little frustrated that they just can't figure it out already. But I think we'll see, I think, at the general manager meetings, I think this is the key issue that's going to be brought up is the offsides rule and challenging it and the overturn, all of that. I think that's going to be discussed and hopefully figure it out. But all in all, the Bruins have a great start. There's a lot more to come in the season, and it's a competitive league in the NHL. We're going to have a lot of NHL coverage. I like to really talk about hockey, and we're definitely going to bring that to you on this great podcast. So stay tuned for more Bruins coverage throughout the season on Strucky Sports Talk. The Raiders kicked off week 10 of the NFL season with a 26-24 win over the Chargers on Thursday night. Derek Carr led the way for Oakland, completing 21 out of 31 of his passing attempts with 218 passing yards and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs dominated the ground with 16 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown for the Raiders. Phillip Rivers is still having nightmares about the Raiders' defense as he threw three interceptions in the loss. Melvin Gordon was a bright spot for L.A. as he had 108 yards on 22 carries. Oakland won their second straight game to improve to 5-4 on the season. They've got a pretty good defense, an excellent running game with Josh Jacobs, and Derek Carr is definitely showing some poise at quarterback for Oakland. The Raiders could ride this momentum into the playoffs if they can sustain their success. Now let's take a look at some key games this week. So let's start with probably the best game of the week. Although it's not on Sunday, it takes place on Monday night in San Francisco as the Seahawks visit the San Francisco 49ers. San Fran is the only undefeated team left in the NFL after the Patriots lost last week to the Ravens. This is the Niners' first true test of the season, but they're no stranger to primetime games as they dominated the Browns on Monday Night Football 31-3 earlier in the season. I'm interested to see how they fare against Seattle, a team that has proved itself this season. I think the Niners can win this game against the Seahawks 24-21, I expect it to be a great game and potentially the best Monday night game this season next to the Saints and the Texans. San Francisco really needs this win because they have a very tough schedule ahead of them as they face the Packers, Ravens, Saints, Rams, and Seahawks again to close out the second half of the season. Another matchup to look out for is the Panthers against the Packers. Green Bay looks to bounce back after a blowout loss to the Chargers 26-11. They have no easy task in the Panthers as they have a lockdown defense led by Luke Keekley and a dominant running game with Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Allen filled in for Cam Newton and has been phenomenal as he's 5-1, and and I think the Panthers are going to roll with him for the rest of the season. Even if Newton returns healthy, he might even be on the trade block. There's been a lot of rumors surrounding potentially trading Cam Newton. Although I have to say, I think the Packers are going to take this one at home. I've got them winning a tight one, 27-20. Next up is the Rams traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. L.A. is turning their season around after some tough losses to the Bucks and the Browns. Jared Goff can lean on wide receiver Cooper Cup and the dominant running back Todd Gurley. But the Steelers are a lot better than their 4-4 four four record. They have nearly lost some really tight games to Seattle, 
San Francisco and Baltimore, and they beat the Chargers and the Colts. They've had to ride their backup quarterback, Mason Rudolph, with an injured Big Ben. But I think Rudolph has a rough day against Aaron Donald and that dominant Rams defense. I'm going to go with the Rams 31-23 over Pittsburgh. Finally, Sunday night, the Minnesota Vikings travel to take on the Dallas Cowboys. This is a true test for both teams to prove their worth in Dallas on Sunday night. I think this will be a low-scoring game between two great defenses. I think the Cowboys will come out on top 20-17 at AT&T Stadium. I think Kirk Cousins is just so overrated, and I think he's going to vastly underperform in a primetime matchup. He's done that so many times. I expect it to be the same, and I really don't see Dallas losing at home. They're one of the best home teams in the NFL. There are some really good games for the Week 10 slate in the NFL, and these ones jumped out to me. I hope you guys have a great time watching these phenomenal matchups. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the season, the postseason. I think we're really going to start to see who's legit, who's not. And this is a really big week for some teams. The Niners are on primetime taking on the Seahawks. The Packers looking to bounce back. The Rams trying to win a tough one on the road. And, you know, the Vikings, the Cowboys, you know, some other teams have a bye week. Obviously, the Patriots do. So we're going to really see how some teams are going to fare when they travel to a tough environment on the road. And it's going to be a great week for the NFL, a great rest of the season, and a great postseason. So enjoy watching this great Sunday full of NFL football. Both college basketball teams in the Ocean State open up their seasons with wins on Tuesday night as URI defeated Long Island 76-65. Guard Fats Russell stole the show with 18 points. And Surreal Langevin forward chipped in with 16. Guards Jeff Doughton and Tyrese Martin each added 13 points. And we got to see freshman forward Jacob Tobin a lot of hype around this kid as he scored 11 points in his season debut with the Rams. Rhodey out-rebounded the Sharks 53-40, but they were pretty inconsistent from three as they only shot nine for 26, so it's definitely an area of improvement for Rhode Island and something they'll need to fix as they face probably their biggest task of the season as they take on the number seven team in the nation, the Maryland Terrapins on the road on Saturday night. The Terps are loaded and have an extremely balanced lineup. And what stands out to me is guard Anthony Cowan Jr., big man forward Jalen Smith, and forward Ricky Lindo Jr. The Rams are going to have to play their best game of the season in College Park to be competitive with the Terps, who are vying for a Big Ten championship and possibly even a Final Four appearance. I think they're that good. Also, PC blew past Sacred Heart with a crushing. 106-60 win over the Pioneers. Some key stats from that game. Each Friar in the starting five scored in double figures. Guard Alpha Diallo led the way with 19 points. Ford Khalif Young, 10 points. Guard Luane Pipkins, 13 points. Guard David Duke, 11 points. And guard A.J. Reeves with 15. PC has an easy task in NJIT on Saturday afternoon but take on Big Ten opponent Northwestern on the 13th in the Gavit tip-off games next week. The Friars have a loaded starting five that could take them to the tournament in a 
pretty competitive Big East Conference, one of the toughest in the nation. I'll have more coverage on our teams from Rhode Island throughout the season as well as the rest of college basketball. It's going to be an exciting season for the Rams and the Friars. Thank you for listening to another great episode of Strucky Sports Talk, and I'll be sure to have even more episodes in the near future. Enjoy watching sports this time of year. I call it the sports equinox because most of the major sports are coexisting at this point. Have a great, long Veterans Day weekend. Thank you.